is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We want to continue talking about the pandemic, but through a slightly different lens now. I want to change gears to talk with the founders of a project that's focused on documenting, sharing, and preserving the individual firsthand experiences of life throughout the past year, experiences that collectively tell the story of life during this unprecedented time. The Pandemic Journalizing, Journaling Project is a collaborative initiative of Brown University and the University of Connecticut, and it was created by the project's co-founders last spring. With more than 6,500 entries from around 750 people, it's now one of the most comprehensive records of how Americans have been internally navigating life amid this pandemic. It's also a great chronicler of the intense political division and paradigm-shifting protest that has defined the last 12 months. The founders of the Pandemic Journaling Project join me now to talk about what they've created and what it shows us about how we are managing as a society through this historic time. I want to welcome Sarah Willen, who is an associate professor of anthropology at University of Connecticut and co-founder of the Pandemic Journaling Project to the show. Sarah, great to have you here. Thanks so much for having us. Also with us is Kate Mason, who is assistant professor of anthropology at Brown University and the other co-founder of the Pandemic Journaling Project. Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us. We're glad to be here. So I want to start with you telling us about how this project came to be last spring. Sarah, I'll start with you. Sure. So we are both anthropologists, which means we're really interested in people and their experiences. And we're also trained as what we call medical anthropologists. So we think a lot about health and society and culture. So as the pandemic was beginning, each of us was thinking about how we could use our training to try and make sense of what we're all living through and also put it on the record. Um, You know, I'm someone who's journaled my entire life. And so thinking about journaling made a lot of sense. Uh, Kate, as as she can say um, in more detail, also thinks about the intersections of culture and history, and she's an expert in pandemics. So together we said, you know what, why don't we think about how we can create an opportunity for people to put their stories on the record in a way that they can keep for themselves and for their families, while also making history and putting their stories on the record so that we'll have them for the future as we try to look back and understand this time. And uh, Kate, Mason, tell us how the project has evolved over this past year. Well, one of the important things that happened early on is we realized that it's not just about the pandemic, what people were going through this year, especially in the United States, where most of our our journalers are right now. Um, As you mentioned, the protests, uh, the political, uh, so many political um, upheavals happening, and as well as things like the forest fires out on the West Coast. Um, You know, right now we have what's happening in Texas and all of the um, terrible things happening with the electricity shutdowns and the floods that people are having in their homes. And so all of these things were coming together in people's minds and they were writing about them. And so very early on, we realized, you know, we have to, we have to really expand the way we're thinking about this. Um, as a chronicle of this year as a whole, this extraordinary year we've gone through, and how the pandemic relates to it, but also all of the other things that people are thinking about. Mm. 
So there are hundreds of people now using the platform. Uh, tell us more about the people who are doing this and contributing these journal entries. Uh, Sarah, who is interacting with this wonderful resource? Sure. So I will say we've seen a bump. We've got now more than a thousand people from over 40 countries, which is pretty extraordinary. And we've got more than 7,800 individual journal entries. So there's a lot of diversity. Um, We are seeing more women than men. We hope to hear from more men. Um, We're seeing that, you know, it's true that there's a, a kind of um, predominance of people with more privileged people who are who tend to be white or have um, you know some college education or more. But we are hearing from a good number of people of color, um, and we're working really hard to make sure that this is a platform that anyone can use, uh, no matter how much education they have. Also, no matter how comfortable they are with computers. So you can participate using just a phone. And that was really important because we want to make sure that anyone can can make this space theirs and create their own record. Mm. Uh, and uh, Kate, is all this content public? So only a small portion of it is currently public. So every time someone contributes, they can choose. Do you want to keep this private just for uh, our team and themselves for now, and then eventually for the historical archive many years down the road? Or do they want to allow us to make it public on our website? So we do have a featured entries page, and each day we go through the entries that people have marked public, meaning they're willing to make it public. It won't automatically become public. And we choose a few entries um, that we think represents a wide range of really interesting things people are writing about. So everyone has a choice every single time they submit something, whether they want to keep it private or public. And um, there is a lot of variation in what people decide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking with the co-founders of the COVID journaling project. Uh, I want to hear from listeners as well. Last year has been such a roller coaster for all of us. There have been so many ups and downs, so much loss, moments of powerful joy, and some really valuable lessons that I think everybody has learned. Call and tell us where you are emotionally and energetically in this moment. Have the highs and lows of this time allowed you to give more space and compassion to yourself. And tell us if you have been journaling. Uh, Is that a way to cope with all of the different emotions that come out of this time and all of the things that are happening to us? Uh, What kinds of other routines or rituals have you been maybe trying to create to bring yourself just a little comfort uh, over the last 11 months? And give us a sense of how that has changed. Are you dealing with all of the things that we're dealing with in the same way now that you were a year ago uh, when all of this really started uh, for us. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or you can go to Twitter and put comments there and we will try to include them uh, in the show. Uh, Sarah, I want to ask about, I, I know that you and Kate are both anthropologists and, and there's, uh, I, I guess, a sense of this as a historic record, uh, creating an historic record uh, for the future. But I also want to get you to talk a little about the value of this emotionally to people 
now, the people who are who are doing this, this idea of chronicling what your life experience is during something like a pandemic. I know that's not necessarily um, uh, the, 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 the area of expertise uh, that, that, that you work in, but, but I, I would suspect that it uh, is one of the things that, that powers this as well, uh, this, this idea of coping through journaling. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we both um, in our training have had some training in in studying mental health. We're not clinicians, but we think a lot about mental health. And that has absolutely been central to, to the way we've crafted the platform. So obviously, we can't promise that creating, you know, a journal in this manner will necessarily improve people's health, uh, mental health. But we are hearing for a lot of people that it is. And I have just a quick Quotation from one of our contributors who's written um, in her journal. She said, this journal has been a way for me to process, to relate, to empathize with those who are similar and different from me. It's become a joy to just write and create. And she says, I've learned to stand up for myself and know that it's okay to be overwhelmed, to be broken, to lean into my family and friends. And then she concludes, this journal has helped me find a way to connect with others without ever getting to meet them. And for that, I'm truly grateful. So this really has been an important piece for many of those who are participating. Mm. And there's just one other piece I'd add. We wanted to make sure that people could be part of this project and benefit and, you know, including in the way we're describing now from a mental health standpoint, even if they're not really comfortable writing. So you don't have to write to contribute to the project. People can upload audio or they can upload photographs and comment on the photographs. So it's really you know, we, we want this to be beneficial and we want this to, to help people cope and manage and we want them to be able to do it in whatever way feels right to them. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned the different ways that, that, that people can, uh, can interact with this. Uh, we have a couple of clips, in fact, of some of the audio submissions. I want to play uh, a clip of one woman in Minnesota who recently answered the following prompt. Uh, how is the coronavirus pandemic affecting your life right now? Tell us about your experiences, feelings, and thoughts. Here's some of what she said. I manage a farmer's market and it's usually outside, but with the extreme negative temperatures in Minnesota, we moved inside, <clears throat> um, which we haven't fully been inside since last early March before we went into lockdown. So it was just like, I was very nervous for it. Um, Even though we put a ton of precautions into place. And yet, while I was in it, it felt so normal. Like, to be around people. It's like just amazing how fast you can switch from like being hyper vigilant and making all these like rules and precautions to protect people to like oh my gosh I miss talking to people like I love talking to all the vendors and staff um so yeah that was like a very interesting just to like see that switch in my head so fast um and then to like immediately get home and like order a covid test because i'm constantly nervous about being inside with people at work wow it's really it's really powerful to hear to hear that voice relaying that experience i would imagine though that what she's talking about there that feeling that you get 
that all of us, I think, have had at some point or another over the last year when you do finally interact with other people after uh, after a long time of not doing it, that there is this this kind of stunning uh, dimension to 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 it that it is different than what than, than what you've gotten used to. I, I wonder, uh, Kate, if there are noteworthy kind of collective themes like that that have emerged uh, uh, through the journaling project. Absolutely. So, I mean, you really point to one of them, and I think that that clip you played does it nicely of the incredible hunger people have for other people. Um, we have a lot of people start their entries with, uh, I'm an introvert, but, um, and the but will often leads to, but it's, I just need to see other people. You know, even people who like to be alone, they're just desperate for human contact, um, especially people who are living alone. Uh, some folks have written at, uh, in the media about skin hunger, like the need to touch someone, and that is really prominent. There are a lot of other themes that come up, too. I mean, we hear a lot about people feeling grateful for what they have, um, there are a lot, a lot of entries about gratitude and also guilt mixed with that, guilt that they are doing okay when others are not. And we hear that guilt both from people who are in a relatively privileged position, able to stay home and keep safe, and people who are not, who have a lot of family members who have gotten ill and feel this sort of survivor's guilt about having escaped that for now. Um, we also hear a lot of rage, a lot of anger. Um, there's rage about the, the state of the world, rage about the government and politics, rage about people's neighbors who are not following precautions, rage against family members who are putting pressure on people to do certain things in certain ways that someone's not comfortable with, and rage at people's own selves for, you know, perhaps breaking their own rules or doing something that maybe was not necessarily the safest thing to be doing or doing the right or wrong thing about their children. A lot of really deep angst about children. Mm. Um, and a lot of, a lot of just concern and worry about what's going to happen, um, especially in our country, in the United States, with everything that happened this year, people are just feeling afraid about the future and about whether anything will ever be normal again. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this really interesting conversation about the Pandemic Journaling Project. Uh, we will also hear from you, the listeners, Eugenia and Oakland Township, Bernadette and Old Redford. We'll get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter, put comments there, and we'll work them into the conversation. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Music, culture, and community. Every day on 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always... 
I'm really glad you've joined us. My guests are Sarah Willen, an associate professor of anthropology at the University of Connecticut, and Kate Mason, assistant professor of anthropology at Brown University. They are together co-founders of the Pandemic Journaling Project, an effort to collect American stories about how we are getting through all of the things that have happened to us in the last year, not just COVID-19, but also the intense political division and other things that have uh, really occupied our minds and caused disruption. Uh, We want to hear from you about how you're getting through this time. Are you journaling? Is that one of the things that you're doing to manage things uh, as we continue to adapt to life with uh, COVID-19? Or are there other things that uh, you've found yourself doing that you didn't do uh, before? We would love to hear about all of them. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter, put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Bernadette in Old Redford. Good morning, Stephen. What uh, has changed in my life is that the pandemic has seemed to unleash a flood of memories, beginning with uh, maybe things from kindergarten, unpleasant experiences, and even when I'm not feeling particularly anxious during the day, at night I'm having incredible either dreams or nightmares. Uh, It's like my life is flashing before my eyes. Mm. Mm. And and so what are you doing to counter that, Bernadette? What are you doing to kind of calm yourself or make yourself feel better? Well, one of the things that I do is to cook. Uh, I dress up and go to the grocery store, which gives me an opportunity <laughs> to uh, pay attention to my appearance. And then I come home and go through cookbooks. All the things that I never had time to do, I suddenly do. But I have to counteract that with feeling, what difference does it make if I bring in a new piece of furniture, if I, buy, if I go to my favorite consignment shop? And then, don't get me started on politics, because that can just send me into another spiral. Does anybody have any sense? <laughs> Bernadette, uh, as always, <laughs> I love the call and, uh, and your thoughts. Uh, Sarah and Kate, I wonder if you have reactions to Bernadette. Oh, Absolutely. I'll start and maybe Kate can pick up. You know, we ask people, one of the things we ask people, first of all, Bernadette, I love that you cook. That's wonderful. You're not the only one. We're hearing from lots of folks who are cooking or who are caring for plants or who are taking special pride in spending time on Zoom with their little ones, with their kids or with their grandkids. We're hearing a lot about ways people are finding joy and finding a chance to, to you know, dig back into things that they haven't otherwise had time to do and really enjoy them. But we're also hearing from folks who are having those kinds of dreams and rem- memories that you're talking about. So I think what you're hearing is is so similar to what a lot of people have to share with, with uh, the project, the sense that this is kind of time out of time. Um, and we're experiencing our lives in, in new ways, maybe in deeper ways, maybe sometimes unsettling, but sometimes really joyful um, in the way that that you're you're enjoying the opportunity to, to dive into those cookbooks. Mm. Absolutely. So, I mean, just to add, I would say, well, first of all, I, I love that call. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and and just to add, I would say, you know, this sense of thinking back over one's entire life and revisiting things that happened when you were young, we're hearing a lot of that from people who are contributing, that they 
are just reflecting on things that they haven't had time to reflect on before. So there's a lot of introspection. And of course, we're seeing that because we're, we're reading journals. But it's really been remarkable the extent to which people are, are really thinking about their lives as a whole and how they fit into a larger story. And certainly your comment about politics, don't get me started. I mean, we, we hear a lot of that as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, Bernadette, again, thanks very much for the call. Thank you, Bernadette. Let's go to uh, Eugenia in uh, Oakland Township. Welcome to the show. Hi, Steve. Hi. Um, coincidentally, I'm uh, here in my utility room working on my scrap bag. Um, it's uh, a purse that I'm making out of uh, old blue jeans, and scrap stands for surviving, cra- uh, surviving COVID, recycling, and putzing, because I've been doing a lot of putzing these <laughs> last few months. Yeah, I think the, the putzing uh, is, <laughs> is something that we have all kind of been uh, indulging a little more uh, than, than, we, than we normally do. Uh, Eugenia, I really appreciate the call and the comments. Let's go to Elliot in West Bloomfield. Elliot, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Morning. Excellent. Thanks, man. Uh, I really enjoy your show, by the way, and um, <clears throat> I listen to it while I'm doing my new hobby, painting. I'm 70 years old, and uh, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. <laughs> But I picked up a brush. Well, my daughter and I painted the fence post around our picket fence garden a few years ago. I decided, uh, yeah, let me see what I can do here. And, man, I am having the time of my life. I can't bowl. Hard for me to visit my grandchild in uh, California, but I can Mm. paint him some dinosaurs on a stick and send it to him. And uh, he's two and a half. And, you know, it's a good thing. Um, Very early on during the pandemic, uh, Steve, uh, I own a coffee catering company, and one of our baristas came very close to death, uh, as close as you can come. Yeah. 31 years old, yoga teacher in the best shape you could ever imagine anyone. And, man, she was hit like a ton of bricks. They airlifted her to U of M Hospital. Um, she was on the ventilator for 10 days, a week. She was in the hospital 30 days. And as, you know, 5,000 people were praying for her on Facebook – it was it was an amazing way to be introduced to this pandemic and scared oh. a lot of people, you know, <clears throat> to their boots. Um, yeah. yeah, those that you know were skeptics. But anyway, um, she she made it. And the problem is that I don't know that she'll ever be whole. There's so many damn things that can happen to a person mm-hmm. after they recover. Mm-hmm. You know, syndromes and um, foggy memory and just not her physical strength, but. We're praying that she's going to make it all the way back, and um, you know, I think she will. Yeah. No, I, I, Elliot, I'm glad you called and and shared that story, both the the, the painting and the experience uh, with with your coworker. I mean, it's it's the story that that so many of us have and have experienced in uh, the last uh, 11 months, and and thank God this one didn't end, uh, you know, with with the ultimate tragedy. Uh, a death, uh, Elliot. I really appreciate the call um, and and the comments. Um, so before we run out of time, Sarah and Kate, I want to have you both talk about how people can uh, can get involved if, in this project. How can people contribute to the pandemic journaling project? 
Sure. So it's really easy. If you um, go to your go to pandemicjournalingproject.org, you'll see those featured entries that we were talking about. And if you look for the yellow button at the top of the page, you can click and that'll take you over to our main page where you can learn more and you can start a journal of your own. And I just want to, you know, reiterate what Dr. Kilgore said earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. He made the very important point that we should be writing down the stories of those we've lost. Um, you know, if you come over to our project, that's one place to do it. But wherever you do, you know, this is this is an historic time. This is a time that's going to stick with us for a long time. So um, whether you're writing or, or sharing your voices with us um, or your photos or whether you're doing it somewhere else, I think Paul, uh, Dr. Kilgore's got a really important point, and we hope you'll take that to heart. Hmm. I also want to ask you guys about the future for this project once we are, I guess, at some point past uh, the pandemic, or at least past the point of it really disrupting our lives to the extent that it has. What What's your hope for the future? I'm, I'm thinking here of uh, the Federal Writing Project, for instance, which uh, during the, the, the Depression really captured lots of different American stories and became a, an important historic archive. Is that what's uh, destined for the Pandemic Journaling Project? So that definitely is the plan, and we will continue collecting people's stories until, um, at least until the World Health Organization declares an end to the pandemic, whenever that might be, mm-hmm. um, and possibly beyond as well. We haven't uh, decided what, whether we'll close it down entirely, but our plan is that for the next 25 years, we'll, we'll hold that material and we'll study it as social scientists, and people can keep it for themselves who have been creating journals, of course. But 25 years after the pandemic ends, we're going to release all of the material we've collected as a public historical archive. Um, Not anybody's names or contact information or anything like that, but the stories that people have shared. And we really hope that, you know, this will provide a a diverse and rich um, trove of experiences for people to understand what ordinary people were going through during this time, because... You know, it is so important, I think, as Sarah was saying, to preserve the stories of loved ones who died and to also preserve the stories of the struggles people have been going through, what it was like to live during this time, um, and all of, the, all of the difficulties people have had, but also the joys, as Sarah mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. the, the things that people have done to cope, which I think carries a lot of really good lessons for the future as well. Yeah. Okay. Sarah Willen and Kate Mason, co-founders of the Pandemic Journaling Project. Congratulations on the work, and thank you very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow for my conversation with acclaimed author Reginald Dwayne Betts, who will share his inspiring story about From Jail to Yale. And he will discuss his work and what it means in this moment of collectively evaluating crime, punishment, and sorrow in contemporary America. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.